1: Hi guys and welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast every step along the way. So this week we'll discuss the win versus QPR, discuss the upcoming game versus Middlesbrough, as well as running through the rook of players whose contracts will be ending and also those returning to their parent club. We'll also be giving you the chance to win £30 in Stoke City vouchers just simply by answering a couple of questions. So enjoy, sit back and listen to this week's very busy pod. Okay, okay then. So the the uh, season's very much marching on. We've only got a couple of these pods left. Um I mean it must be it's it's good to be back after my absence the other week. I mean, we've had hundreds of messages saying how devastated people were that I wasn't actually on last week and uh they, they tuned in and basically turned off after about thirty seconds. So uh <laughs> actually in all, in all seriousness, no. Um good to be back. Andy, Dan, how's your week been? You been okay?
2: It's been all right, mate. It's nice having you back, here. and obviously we have got some good football to talk about yet again. Oh, shucks.
1: How are you, Daniel?
0: Well, actually, I've had a, I've had a very nervous last 48 hours. You know, it's I've I've been pacing up and down. <laughs> I've been pacing up and down, waiting for the waiting for a very important phone call, and it's one of them. You know, it's you know you can't settle, and you know really important stuff. But eventually, it did come this evening, and. The car's passed its MOT. It's all right. It's
1: fine. I thought it was the call off uh, John Coates, mate. But I'll, uh well, maybe, maybe he's he's seen to the end of this season before he makes that call. You never know. Um. But but what yeah, what, what, nerve, what, nerve
0: what nerve role am I going in?
1: A manager, obviously.
0: No, 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 no. I, <laughs> I can't do a better job than Mark O'Neill. The mother. Uh, okay, assistant. I can help Dean Holden out with the assistant
1: duties. I didn't say first team mate, I said manager, manager of the under 14s, so don't get ahead of yourself. Okay,
0: that's fine. One year below (laughs) Liam Lawrence,
1: I'll take that. Yeah, work your way up. Yeah, yeah. anyway, obviously we've had a a win over QPR. It's weird, isn't it? We're not really playing for anything now and we've found ourselves in some really good form. Is it five wins out of seven, I think it is now? It is indeed. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, it's so slow, really. Um, I mean, well, I, I was going to say it later, but I'll say it now. I've just finished watching the Middlesbrough game um, against Cardiff. They've just won 2-0. And it's just, it's just rubbish. I mean, absolutely rubbish. This whole division is a load of crap. People say, oh, it's competitive. And I think when Sky say it's competitive, they really mean it's a crap division with a couple of decent teams. Uh, as such, you know Fulham, obviously, uh, being the standout. But um, it's it's not a great division. How they've just won two 0 i never know. Uh, they can't string five passes together, and the whole di- the whole divisions like this half the time. Um, we've missed a, a real trick this year. It's not difficult to get far in the, in this division. You win four or five games back to back, and you go flying up the table. So. As good as it's been in the last uh, couple of months for Stoke, um, it just feels like an opportunity missed, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go into the uh, the QPR game. Obviously, it's a, a narrow win, but I'd probably say an overall quite controlling game, to to be honest with you. I mean, uh, Andy, what was your what was your thoughts on the result and obviously the the overall performance, mate?
2: It was great to see the players being, you know, as we've seen them for the past seven or eight games it was also nice to see Bursic I know both of you wanted him back in the team and he pulled off one or two great saves as Bonham has been doing we can tell that they're both fighting for that number one position but we beat QPR away We beat him at home we've not done many doubles over teams this season and it's just good to see that you know we're performing as we would expect but it's just that little bit too late
1: what did you think about uh, burstick I, mean, I don't think he had much to do, in fairness, to, to really put anything any foot wrong, but um, he was pretty steady, wasn't he? Nothing nothing special.
2: Nothing special. Obviously, he's had to make one or two crucial saves, which has ultimately helped us win the game rather than losing or even drawing. But it's been the same with Jack Bonham's story. The defence has been solid the past couple of weeks to the past couple of months. And it, like I've said, it's too little too late. And if we could have had this form against maybe Redding, against Barnsley, against Cardiff. We would be in that playoff fight right now.
1: Oh, well, Yeah, I mean, we, we said in a tweet earlier in the week, if we would have got half the amount of points that we've lost from winning positions, I think we would have been third uh, battling for automatic promotion right now. And this is what I mean. It's such a crap league. It really is. Um. So, I mean, Dan, what, what's your, what were your thoughts, mate? I mean, again, was was Bonham unlucky to to get dropped, or was it purely just the manager really kind of sticking to his guns about giving Bursic a bit of run out? Um, and what was your overall thoughts of the the actual game itself, mate?
0: Well, to be fair, I mean, I think at this stage of the season, you do start to look at you know options that aren't currently in the side, and obviously Bursic has had a, a long spot of the scene now, so to bring him in for the last three games is probably the right move to do. And obviously, you know, if the shoot uh, boot was on the other foot and it was Bersick who had been playing for months and then Bonham had been sat on the bench, you would be expecting Bonham to come in and play the last couple of games just to sort of stoke up that rivalry between them both and, you know, let them sort of let basically put a marker down as to where he's at. Yeah, and obviously go into the summer then they both Sort of competitive with each other, aren't they, over the summer and into pre-season. Uh, but yeah, I was definitely expecting a uh, to play, and I think, yeah, regardless of, uh, I think, like I said, Barnum was unlucky in that if he was dropped, he was unlucky to be dropped. But I don't think it was a case of him being dropped, if you like. I think he was more mm-hmm. rotated.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, mate. And I mean, one player we've unfortunately not seen much of this season, but Remains uh, Remain had a, another very good game, didn't he?
0: Well, yeah, I think yeah, you know yourself, I've uh, championing <laughs> Remain all season, even when a lot of people were, you know, was sort of sticking the boot in on him and saying that he you was know, he wasn't good enough, was lazy, this, that, and the other. And um, I think actually, funnily enough, I think the injury's actually done him good, fitness-wise. He looks sharper and he looks leaner and fitter now, doesn't he? Since he's, yeah, and just it seems to be a little bit quicker if, as well, like um, from obviously all the gym work and everything that he's been doing. Which I think he said himself, he? he's in his career he's never been in the gym, never set foot in the gym, yet the Stoke physio team have got him working there, and he's really enjoying it. So it's. He's, uh it's paying off like well, I hope though that uh, we're the ones seeing the rewards of it the uh, next season
1: yeah well that that's another interesting one and obviously we' we'll, uh we're going to be covering instead of like a new section this week just so you know guys it's gonna be a Running through the kind of current kind of contracts that are going to be uh, out of obviously people that are contract and also the people that naturally will return a loan. And like we said a few probably a few weeks ago now, when you look at the list, it's pretty incredible. So we'll be running through that shortly. But um, just to tie up the, the Sawyer's um, comment, Andy, I mean. Where where do you see remains best position mate? Because me personally, I'm still a little bit unsure. He seems to play that box to box midfielder type role quite well. He's not a holding midfielder. Is he a bit more of a of a Mario type position? Do you think
2: more of an attacking midfielder in that sense? Yeah. Yes, he he he's a lot better there. Obviously, he was playing more of that defensive midfielder in the central midfielder role at first and. He was a bit relaxed. He seemed to be lazy. But since, obviously, he's been used in that more attacking role, he was bought off the bench against Reading, I believe it was, when Thompson got his injury in that attacking role and straight away hit the ground running, and getting the goal for us. And we're just seeing the quality that Michael O'Neill's probably only just realised that he's got with that attacking role. And I think throughout his career, he's mostly been used as the attacking midfielder. I remember when he was at Brentford for... A few scenes, I think two out of the few scenes he was there. One player of the season for Brentford in the attacking midfielder role.
1: Yeah, so a, a position he's quite familiar. Then I, I seem to remember him having a, a couple of good games against us as well. From my memory serves me correctly. So yeah, there's a there's a few players. I mean, again, we, we look at man of the match um, kind of poll results as well. So obviously Sawyers, Baker, Time, and and other. Uh, were were the options uh for this last game so uh yeah so in last place uh, and he wasn't he hasn't been last many times this season but last place was Timon, with six percent uh second place was Baker with eleven and in first place was Sawyers with seventy one percent. Uh there's a couple of kind of honourable mentions for for Major, Allen Jagielka, a number of, probably for Brown as well actually. Um and uh yeah it's it's interesting. I think we've pretty much, by the looks of it, kind of got the same opinions as everyone on the on the poll results. So thanks to the I think the few hundred of you who, who voted for that one. So thank you very much. Um cool. Well, unless there's any other thoughts from you guys on QPR, I think we can kinda swiftly move on to uh, the very interesting topic of who's gonna stay and who's gonna go. So um any other final mentions?
0: Hey, I just thought it was a very it was very good display. Uh, QPR were very uh, very disappointing, really, for a team that sh- should be chasing the playoffs. They never really got going. I think a lack of confidence that we, we were told about last week from uh, from the guys on the on the QPR pod that we spoke to. I think that came through, and uh, I don't think they were, like would say, they weren't on it at all. Uh, I was really disappointed with Elias Chair. You know, I thought, as a player who's been bigged up as... One of the leading lights of the division, I thought he really struggled to get anything and anything out of the game, and uh,
2: yeah, he just sort of was more content with just complaining to officials for ninety minutes. Yeah, well, coming back to that comment you just made, Dan, about being disappointed, I think most of the teams we've played that are going for those promotion places or were have been very disappointing teams to see, you know, of what we expected when we played them.
1: Is this a bit of, like, the, the, the kind of... We've talked about this in previous weeks about how we're winning matches. So, against QPR, they're 56% of the possession. So, again, is this another example of when a team comes on to us a little bit more that we actually, you know, are able to break them down and hit them on counterattacks and and just open up that space? Is that just another example of that this season, do you think?
0: Quite possibly. Yeah. Jerry, you, Andy.
2: No, was just a quick comment, if I'd say so. Like, at the end of the day teams see us as that team who've missed out on a lot and they should try and capitalise on it but they don't realise that with the quality we've got with for example Josh Tymon and Lewis Baker that we can find them gaps and exploit them.
1: Absolutely mate and I know against West Brom we had the same thing it was I think we had 42% possession to their 58 according to this so I think if we can just it doesn't matter doing that away from home you can have less possession I think play the way that we play away from home works in our favor uh, absolutely it's it's when we're at home we need to nail a formation or a way of playing or, or even just better players that can break other teams down if we can nail that at home win you know three or four more games at home we'll we'll, we'll have enough um so yeah it should be it should be interesting next season at the very least um I tell the, you what the can on, tell yeah.
0: what the thing was uh, what what won the game for them as well was the tempo, the tempo and the passing right from the first minute? The ball, they weren't dilly dallying on the ball. You know, we say we've spoken so much this season about where we've taken too many touches, especially lately at home. As if, like, you know, the pressure of the crowds getting to them and they're they struggling and they, you know, they're not moving the ball quick enough when teams are defending and setting in. So yep. we're having a lot of the possession, a lot of the ball, but we're not able to do anything with it at home because we haven't moved it quick enough, on Saturday, from the first minute, it was totally different. Don't get me wrong, there were spells when it dropped off. But for a lot, especially the first half, for a lot of it, they were moving the ball, they were zipping the ball into each other, and there was one-twos, they were bobbing off one-twos, they were working in triangles. You know, they were giving the ball to someone, carrying on a run, and then the ball was just being fed back into the path. And they were moving it, the ball was constantly being moved, and and they were pulling QPR players out of position and stuff and creating chances. And, you know, they fully deserved that lead at half-time. They could have been, you know, 2 or 3 nil up. And and obviously then second half, they just sort of, they just breathed through it and just, just controlled it without really, apart from a 5-10-minute spell um towards the end, they, they never really looked in trouble. And let's be honest, in this division... As we've sort of said, the teams are a lot even. There, there aren't many games. Even like Peterborough games, and you know, they, I reckon in you know ninety percent of their games, there'll be a five or ten minute spell where they'll be on top. And in most of Fulham's games, there'll be a five or ten minute spell when they're on the back foot. It's just how you know. So you you can't expect ninety minutes of <laughs> combination. And I think no. it was a very professional and a very encouraging performance on last Saturday how they, how they were about, went about it i was very impressed
1: good well i think that's a, a, a brilliant way to, to finish this this uh, section mate so uh like we said let's move on to the hot topic this week which is very much around the contract side of things Okay. Okay. then so uh, let's uh, discuss contracts and i'm going to do it and i've stolen this from ben uh, so Ben, I do uh, thank you very much. But this is going to be our deal or no deal, i.e. sign a new contract or get rid. So first up, uh, we have this is in a no particular order, by the way, guys, but um, Nick Powell. Now, I'm going to bring him up straight away um i'm assuming i say assume we probably shouldn't assume actually i was going to say assume is a, is a deal across the board for all three of us but um i'm still a little bit on the fence with him if i'm if i'm going to be honest i think his, his injury records bothering me a little bit um and i've just i just don't know if he's going to be worth a new contract if the guy can't stay fit i guess it's a gamble but for me i'll borderline give him a deal But it makes me a bit more of a nervous one. More nervous than I thought I was going to be. So, I mean, Dan, Dan I'll come to you first. Is he a deal or no deal for you, mate?
0: Players like Nick Powell do not come along very often in this league. Even if you only get 15 games out of him, he could potentially win you eight or nine of them. Or at least be influential in you winning eight or nine of them. So, for me, if you've got the potential to have him in your squad, you don't turn
2: that down.
1: Okay. So is it a deal for you, Andy?
2: He's a deal for me as long as he comes with a bonus of bubble wrap to wrap him in.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, good. So we're all on, on the deal side, but um some well you two are more confident than I am, but okay. we'll we'll, we'll give it. Okay, next in line, uh Tommy Smith. Uh Andy, start with you, mate. What what, what do you think on this one?
2: We know the quality he's got from the start of the season and last season, and he's started to recapture that form. And I don't really think there's many other options to that right but spot that we can really get. So I think it is a deal for me. I'm going to say no deal.
0: I think. Ooh, he, okay. He, yeah, I think he's he's had his time at Stoke now. I think he peaked at Huddersfield a few years ago, and. He frustrates me quite a lot in how he plays <laughs> how he just sort of <laughs> holds on to the ball a lot and he's got the ability to to put some real menacing deliveries into the box. um quite yeah you know, obviously a lot like time does on the other side. Uh, but he just seems too reluctant to use it for me, and it's too safe. and I think when when we've got the opportunity know, when we've got the opportunity to swing a ball and then he's taking a touch and then coming back inside. Ah uh, you know, playing it in field instead of whipping a ball into the box. I don't think it's helping us, especially with you know the um when we are struggling for we like I say we really are we were struggling to break teams down at home, and I don't think he helps that at all,
1: okay. yeah, um again, I, I'll probably share a lot of your sentiments there, mate. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with you on this. I'm gonna say no deal for Tommy Smith. Um, I know what you're saying, Andy, about lack of options, but for me, I think we could probably find a, another option to replace him, to be honest with you. So he's not, he's not irreplaceable. Okay. So we've got one deal, one no deal. Um A big one we're going to discuss next, Joe Allen. That's been going on for some time. For me, it's it's an easy deal. As long, well, I'm not say as long as he'll reduce his, his terms, but he'll have to reduce his terms. So for me, on his play alone, it's got to be a deal. Dan?
0: Yeah, there's a massive caveat in there. Obviously on his current wage and with our, obviously parachute payments have well and truly ended now, you know, 12 months ago, we it's too much of the budget in one position for one player and that that doesn't matter whoever it is, you know, we can't afford the wages that he's reportedly on to give to one man when we, you know, considering how much we've got to spend on a squad of 25 plus. So If we can get him in line, he'd still be the top earner at the club for me. I think probably him and Baker. they would probably be, to me, I'd quite happily in Baker, probably Powell as well. You know, to be twenty thousand or in that in that ballpark. If he's happy with that, then yeah, by all means, um, he can stay. Like I I think I've sort of mentioned to to you guys earlier on, and I, that. Yeah, you know, there could even be a a bonus within his contract where if we get promoted, he gets a you know a nice hefty bonus on top of it, which obviously then would make up for the shortfall in wages. So if he does return us to the Premier League in the next two years or so, then he uh, he gets a nice nice bonus.
1: Okay, uh, I'm obviously Andy. I'm assuming you probably agree with that.
2: It's fairly obvious it's a player that we want and I've mentioned before him and Baker in the midfield and if we can get Slayers which we'll talk about, and a fit Nick Powell, that midfield just it strikes danger to opposition, I think.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, fine. We're all agreed. Joe Allen is definitely a deal. Um, unfortunately, I'm gonna give no deal on this next guy, Mario Vrancic. I just I just don't think I just don't think he shows. It's hard for me to give this because I really like the guy. I think he shows good quality in a lot of occasions. Um, I just feel that he's coming to the end of his career a little bit now. He's not, he's finding it harder to stay fit. He doesn't influence games as much as he should. Um, The reason I'm partly on the fence, however, is that I think his set pieces are brilliant. He reminds me of Charlie Adam in terms of his, you know, the the kind of accuracy of, of his set pieces and some of his passing intelligence. Um, but he can't, we can't keep a player for his set pieces. So for me, he's a no deal. Um, Dan, where are you with Mario?
0: Uh, I, think it's, I think it's harsh to say he doesn't influence games. I think if you look at statistics throughout the season of, say, like minutes per chance created and all that, he comes near the top of them for the entire league. I'll admit since probably the turn of the year when he got his injury, he hasn't been showing good form since he's come back from that in that the you know, spell out of the team injured. And he probably just needs he's probably not fit. That's probably what the issue is, and he's struggling to get back a uh, match fit, hundred percent fit. Maybe he's one of them players who needs that sort of you know, monthly break that cycle of fitness, he struggles to get it back. Like, you know, um, during the during the season, if you like. A bit like we mm. said with Powell. So, for me, I, I've given him another twelve months. I don't think you've got to play him every week. Norwich got promoted with him and didn't really—you know—he didn't start every week for them. Did he? he? Was he was more of like a super sub, come on and you know change the game late on. And yeah, I think you know, like I say, he's still got—he's still got a good, a great footballing brain there. He's not that old. He's only was 33. thirty-two, thirty-three. He's,
1: he's thirty-three next month. 23rd yeah,
0: so yeah, so so he only be thirty. He's only about to turn thirty-three. I think you know, there's a lot, of, you know, Joe Allen's that age, isn't he? <laughs> We're all about giving him a couple of year, you know an extra two years, and he's doing a lot more running around than the Mario does. Although that did surprise me the season; I wasn't expecting him to get as stuck in as he does as well. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Okay. um, Andy, well, we've got one deal, one no deal. So you've got the deciding vote, mate, as to whether he signs a new contract. It's what a no deal from me. Okay.
2: He obviously has the quality and we know that, but I think we've probably signed him as he's just, you know, come down the hill from that, as to say, he's not the player that we knew that he would be, and the quality he had at the start of the season after his injuries just completely dropped off.
1: Um, so we've got two for two. Uh, Thompson next. Um, Dan, thoughts on Thompson? Uh, yeah, definitely worth another deal.
0: I thought he's been really unlucky with injuries. Um, the last twelve, possibly even eighteen months. Uh, every time he gets himself into the team and looks like he's settled in there, uh, he you know pulls something or something comes up as... You know, a bit of a nasty tack- tackle on him like there was at uh, the other week that's put him out. And I think yeah, I think he's been really unlucky with injuries. But I don't think he I don't, there aren't any performances really where you you would say he's let the club down when he's played. I think he, he's very tidy in the midfield. He looks after the ball. Uh, he's got a good range of passing. And I think yeah, he's um He's definitely one that I'd like to see us, you know, keep hold of. I think we I think he's improved since he's joined the club as well. And he is, like I say, still quite young as well.
1: Good. Andy, uh, probably agree with that one.
2: He's an influential player, as we know. Obviously, he's been hit with a few injuries this season, but the quality he's got and he's he's not old. He's he's 23 24, Northern Ireland International. Michael O'Neill knows the type of player he is and if he doesn't play every game, he'll, obviously, he'll get onto the bench and he'll rotate around with that midfield that we've mentioned already.
1: Okay, good. So that's a three uh, deals for across the board. Uh, I'll save you both uh, breath on this next one. James Chester, goodbye. Uh, next, uh, Stephen <laughs> Fletcher.
2: Oh, I'd say no deal in my eyes. I know he's a good player, but he's probably got at most another year in him and he's He's just not really done anything this season. have he with the chances he's been given?
1: No, again, same for me, mate. He, he, I just don't think he's a, he's not going to play half the the season, I don't think. I don't think he's again, I don't think he's influential enough. I don't think he's the type of striker we're gonna need next season. Uh, I like the guy again. I think he gives you something different, but for me, he's a no deal. So he's definitely down as a no deal, but very quickly, Dan, w- would you give him a new contract?
0: Um, yeah, I feel that. Like I said last season, I thought he was very unlucky with his injuries, and this year he's just never, he's never really got going. As he, um, no. I'm just sort of unfortunate, really, because I think he's, I think he's, he's still, a, he's, a, he seems like a top professional and that. Done. He? he seems to have a, a really good sort of understanding with Tyrese when he's played with him, and I think yeah, he's a no deal for me. Uh, but I'd like to see him go somewhere, maybe drop down a division and you know, go and play get week in, week out somewhere for the last 12, 18, 12 two years of his career.
1: Maybe it's uh, Port Vale, mate, as they get promoted to League One.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think they could <laughs> do a lot worse. They could do a lot worse than get him in.
1: Yeah, keeps it local, doesn't it? Um, okay, cool. Next, I think this one's an easy one for me, and I'm not going to go into one piece. Uh, Phil Jagielka. Uh, solid defender, can be very influential for, again, we use that word influential, but it, it's important. So uh, younger players coming through, you know, Harry Suter and Jagielka for me, that, that just, I can't, I can't wait to see it. Um, he's a cheap renewal. You know, we signed him when we didn't have any money to spend. Um, so for me, an easy deal. Uh, Andy?
2: As we know, he was brought in as sort of that Harry Suter replacement. And to be fair, he has filled that role very well. He Probably won't as get much game time when Harry Sutar's back fit, but we've mentioned before him and Sutar as a centre-back pairing could be pretty pretty strong, and I don't see why not. Let's bring him back for another six months at minimum.
1: And if we're playing three at the back, there's room for Sutar Ballas if he comes back, and... Uh, and... and Wilmot. Yeah. If there's you your Forrester if he won. doesn't
2: go out as well.
1: Exactly. We, we've got some options, but I th- absolutely, I think for his... I think he'd want to finish his career here, to be honest with you. I mean, let's be honest, either way, if he gets a new contract, this is it. He isn't going to play again. He's going to be 41 going on 42, then. So I think he's done. Um, Unless he wants to
2: try and break a record.
1: Well, never know. He's trying to go for the uh, Sustan record, isn't he? (laughs) Um, Dan, very quickly, I'm assuming it's a deal for you.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. If nothing, I wouldn't expect him to start forty six games next season. I think I think I said last week, he'll for me probably starts in the side in August. And bit by bit throughout the season you're looking to your Will Foresters, your Connor Taylors, uh, people like that, whoever you're having whoever you're keeping around the place, to come in, give him a rest. And the more they come in and give him a rest, you expect them to be pushing on and overtaking him as the yeah. season goes on
1: okay right. okay lovely um and now those are the people that are officially at a of contract now in terms of those who are in their final year come June uh now I mean some of these are so easy um so uh Jacob Brown I mean there's not a Stoke fan on this planet that wouldn't renew his contract for another year or two um so I'm assuming that we're all Brown renewal
2: Brown renewal yep
1: yeah. good um <laughs> Bursick, again June 2023. I'm assuming that we're going to be renewing him again. What planet don't you renew him? Yeah, good. I'm glad you agree. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was an easy Um, one. Just
2: didn't even need to make a noise. Didn't need
1: make a comment. No. Okay. This. Yeah. I mean, I I think we might all agree here, but agree to let go. Sam Clucas, he clearly isn't in. Is the plans? Is he?
2: I don't think so. And. I've mentioned his Twitter antics to one or two of my mates and they all agree with the same thing. But we don't know the full story as a few things have come up this season with Sam Clucas.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with the, the, the facepalm thing is that, like, oh, it was something different. Mm, yeah, come on, mate. We're not, not stupid. Uh, you know, a few minutes after the team sheet's announced and he's doing a facepalm very convenient timing and he's not a stupid bloke he knows if he does that with no context he knows what people are going to be thinking but by doing that he can play dumb when the club come calling asking for a, you know some money for a fine so yeah it's a shame he had a great season in that season we stayed up um but yeah he's just gone um okay hey, can Morgan, I just say, sure you can. Keepers.
3: Uh,
0: I was watching him at the weekend, obviously. I was surprised he actually got on the pitch at the weekend because he hasn't for a long time, has he?
2: You get a bunch of the little, did, erratic did slide wonder. tackles.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, yeah, that was <laughs> That was I like the wonder. final straw
2: for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did wonder whether like obviously the last game of the season is a lot of the time is sort of like you know, you wheel out them players who are leaving and you bring in some kids who you want to try out. And I wonder whether the manager's got an eye on trying some of the youth out on the last day at home. And that home game was the chance for Fletcher and Klukas to get out and have their final run out at home, maybe. And sort of like in front of the Stoke fans. Because And it just seemed, it just seemed weird that they both came on. And I was like, hmm, I just think. I know Fletcher's come on as a sub so quite a bit, but it just, I just thought to myself, it feels like they're just being put on for a bit of like, yeah, well, go have a run out, enjoy yourself, you know, take in. Last time you'll be playing here. And they might know they're off. I did as well. I did notice at the final whistle. I was looking around, and when all the players were shaking hands and everything, Klukas was the first one. Just he just walked down to the tunnel, and went in the dressing room. Yeah, he wasn't. Wow. Yeah, you know, wasn't being arsed. He wasn't storming off. He was clapping as he got to. He waved up to his family or whoever he was who was there in the like the upper tier. And as he got to the tunnel, he just sort of you know raised his hands and sort of you know, did a three sixty and clapped. But. I was, because I was watching him walk off and I thought, oh, yeah, he doesn't look like he's really involved with the rest of the squad. Like There was no sort of, you know, slapping of hands and uh, congratulating anyone. He just sort of wanted to get off.
1: OK, fair enough. Yeah, I suppose it's one of them. He isn't going to be happy if he's not playing. In, in his head, he'll feel good enough. Manager doesn't think he's good enough. You can't expect him to be all happy and joyful about it so yeah fair enough um okay Morgan Fox I mean for me is a definite no deal
2: there's just silence because there's not really any argument needed to be given he was okay he was used when he was needed to be used but he was never really going to be that one player that was going to take over time and especially after this season
1: yeah fine um Dan any objections there mate no deal
2: no, I think he's come. In. He did a solid
0: job when he's been called upon, but nothing too spectacular. And uh, I think he's probably gone backwards in the last twelve months. So yeah, he's another one who's you know time to move on and and either replace or or look look at what we've got in the club already to to you know take his position.
1: Okay, good. Uh, Jack Bonham, new contract. Uh, probably another year, I'd say.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. He's been a solid number two and number one when needed, and him and Bursic at the moment appear to be on the same level, so okay, don't see why not.
1: Dan?
0: Uh, I wouldn't give it to him yet, and I'm not Ooh, saying that okay. I don't think he's here. I think he's, what's he got left in the 12 months after this?
1: Yep. Uh, June
0: 2023, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'd, I'd wait and see how he plays next season and where we're at. And I think where we are as a club would determine what we do with with Jack Bottom,
1: well, we're in an agreement. then, mate is a no deal currently. Um, Dehaney, look, the guy's not done much wrong. In fairness, I isolated him before he'd even kick the ball for him, which is not something I normally do. But I was going off previous form. He hasn't exactly changed my mind, but he is not the right win back type person we need. So for me, thanks for the cover, but no deal.
0: Yeah, he's he's not he's not good enough. Let's face it, and that's no. He's like you say. He's not uh, been awful when he's played. He's been solid defensively, uh, but for what we are looking for and how we're looking to play. And what we're doing, you need to be a threat down that as as a fullback or a wingback. You need to be a threat, and going forward, there's nothing there from him. So for me, there's there's no point in in extending his stay. We need to look elsewhere.
1: Okay. Oh, that's fine. It's no deal. And then, just very, very quickly, uh, we won't go into these too much detail. So the players that are here on loan, which obviously are all set to go back. So this is: would you renew the 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 loan, or would you just keep them there? Um, Seema, I mean, for me, you can't renew it because I don't have a clue how good the guy is. So I wouldn't waste a, I wouldn't waste a spot on him, quite frankly. Um, again, either of you object to that?
2: No, he's probably kicked the ball about five times, played 10 minutes of football over the course of the season. Obviously, he's had his injuries and that, but if he is fully fit, he might get a run out against Coventry in the last game of the season. as just a so-called goodbye.
1: Yeah, no doubt, but he's score a hat-trick or something stupid. Just and did. then we
2: bring him back again next season.
1: Yeah. I, th- kind of th- I thought, I, mean, I could be wrong here, and I, mean, I could be very wrong. I swear I saw something about he's already gone back. Or he, went back, already for gone tre-
2: back. he went back for treatment.
1: Right, okay. So maybe that's what all's it was then. Okay, fine. Um maybe a bit more difficult one to answer this one. Measure. If it's a loan, so we don't stand him permanently, if it's another loan, would you have him back?
0: Um Yes, on loan, yeah, one hundred percent take him on loan. Um I think I'd spend the money on him as well. I think I'd have him permanently if the funds are there and what I think he you know, we haven't seen what I think a goal, basically getting getting a goal under his belt, and I think you will see him net quite a few as well. Okay. But he's he's to me, he gets a better player every week with his build up play, and that's something that he wasn't known for, and it wasn't a strong point of his. And I think he's developed quite a lot playing for us over the last six months. Um, he's become a very a much better all round striker. Thoughts on I
2: imagine? can't I can't argue with that at all. I'd say. Obviously, a loan would be nice again for him, but he wants something long term. And I believe he's enjoying himself at Stoke. Obviously, he's getting better week on week. We've got that three point five million um buy clause in his contract, I believe, at the end of the loan. If we could potentially knock that down if the money isn't there as much as what we expect, maybe three million or two and a half, I don't see why not,
1: yeah, because if he's coming, he's probably coming over a four-year contract, which, as we know, is like five hundred grand a year. I mean, Try and sign a striker for 500000 a year who could score your goals. Good luck. So I, th- I don't think that would be a bad deal, personally. Um, so, yeah, OK, fine. So he could return. Um, Harwood Ballis for me, yeah, I don't think he's been amazing, but I certainly don't think he's been bad. He's had a couple of shaky moments, as a, a lot of his age is going to have, um, still getting to grips with things. But for me, yeah, I'd like to see him back, personally. Um, what about you, Dan? Do you think you'd have him back?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I'll be honest. I think he's the only centre back I would sign. Absolutely. Right, um, as in, like I try and bring him in, and I was saying, I was, I was saying last, last week we probably need five because the manager at some point will maybe want to play three three centre halves. Yeah. So I think we probably need five centre backs, don't we? We are looking to go for two or three spots. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we've got Wilmot. Uh, we'll hopefully have Jagielka, Alka. Uh, Sutar will be back. Will Forrester for me. And there's one other spot. I would bring Taylor Harwood Bellis in if we can get him, whether that be permanent or on loan. If we can't, I just, would we'll just leave Connor Taylor as the fifth centre off.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, agreed. No problems. Um, I'm sure you won't disagree knowing knowing you, Andy. Any anyway on that one, mate. So, no, uh... Howard
2: Ballis is a, obviously a great talent. I believe he made his Man City debut against Port Vale when they did win, and Tom Pope scored. But he has been not the best player, but he's not also been the worst. He's made the mistakes that all of the defences made throughout the season, and I believe he's. Like Madja, he's getting better game on game in the way he's maturing as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Next one, I'm not going to ask you for opinions. Liam Moore, no, from what we've said, returns. Um, Soyers, we've already discussed Soyers at length earlier on. It's obvious we're all going to go for uh, bringing him back. um, back. Absolutely, on a permanent deal, probably. That would be
2: nice. That would be nice.
1: And then one for me that is is a sign, again... Is Philogene Bades? I think what we've seen from him when he's been fit. Again, he's been unlucky with an injury, but when he's been fit, he looks a really exciting player. The thought of him having a, a full preseason and being a permanent fixture on that kind of you know left side of the front three, um, for me is is quite exciting. So, an easy bringing back at least for a season's loan. We won't sign him permanently. Um, no, Dan, what do you think?
0: There's no chance of him coming permanently, but. No. Like you say, the, the, the look at the player that we've got now with next to no professional experience. and imagine the player we could have in 12 months' time if, like you say, we have him from pre season, he beds into the, the style from day one of that. He works on, you know, he comes with the same fitness levels as all the other players. And then it's the ground running and all, you know, at the end of July, beginning of August when the season starts. And he gets a position and he we would play week after week after week. Imagine what player he could be with 35, 40 games under his belt come this time next year.
1: Um, OK, good. Well, uh, that's the the end of the list of players. So just so you know, uh, there was that's 10 out of 20 that we've just covered off there. So that's 10 people who we would re-sign. So very quickly, Nick Powell, Joe Allen, Jordan Thompson, Jagielka, Brown, Bursic, Maja, Howard Ballis, Soyers, Bidace so those 10 out of the 20, of a squad of 27 players. So, obviously, as if you can do the maths there, we're going to still have to re-sign those players, plus sign at least another eight or nine to get a decent-sized squad. And we've got a few young players, obviously, which we, of course, aren't including there. So, I think a good seven or eight quality signings on top of bringing these back is enough. But it's easier said than done. And if we don't bring back the players, for example, that we've chosen, then it's going to be a very, very busy summer either way. So um, that pretty much uh, does it for the uh, the contracts, um, Chaps. But um, I think just, we, like I said, well, there's no particular news on this particular one. But um, for anyone who's been watching uh, Twitter um, in the last few days, uh, we announced the, uh, the player of the season which is very much voted by by you. That's not me and Dan uh, and me and Andy or whoever. That's purely by you doing it every single week. Um, and uh, the winner was Josh Timon. So um, I know that Josh, it was a very, very popular, um, I think, result. I think everybody agreed with us, if I'm not, not uh, forgetting Dan. I think don't think I've seen a single negative comment uh, about that.
0: I just saw one that said, God help us which was on Facebook, which, uh, yes, was a bit unfortunate. But, yeah, I think he, that was the only one. Everyone else has been well behind it, to uh, congratulating Josh on a great season.
1: Yeah, and with, with the greatest respect to the person who says, God help us, he couldn't have watched any football games this season involving timing. I'm not being funny, but if if, if that's not good enough, we might as well pack it in now. He's had a great season. Um, and, you know, we will at the end of this, we, we, we basically got this part, then obviously we've got the next one, which is going to be covering off the Coventry game. And then we're having a final end of the season wrap up, aren't we? Uh, just discussing plans for next season, etc. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll be discussing all that and we'll blask everyone for their opinions. So that will be things like you know, flop of the season, sign of the season. Etc., and then just finally, Dan, anything to kind of note from the under 18s, under 23s, and and the women's side of things this week, mate?
0: Yes, it's been a very busy week. Uh, So, the under 23s, well, they went into this week, this past week, uh, with two games left in their season, and basically they needed to win one to guarantee themselves a playoff place uh, to get promotion to the Premier League, uh, the Premier League One, if you like. Unfortunately, they went to Wolves, who were playing at Molyneux on Monday night. And they went into a 2-0 lead. 16-year-old Emre Tezgal, you know the, the name Again. On, on everybody's lips. Uh, he, he got himself a double. Uh, but then, obviously, Wolves came back into it and scored a couple of late goals. So, they ended up drawing 2-2, uh, which now means that uh, Friday night, so obviously the, the day of this pod had been released, uh, it's the league season finale against West Brom at the Bet Three Six Five Stadium, and we need to basically, if we win, it guarantees us a playoff spot. Obviously, we possible we it's possible we you know we could draw or lose and still get the playoff spot. A win uh, is the only result that guarantees us a uh, place in the playoffs for promotion.
1: And did we say earlier that it's free entry?
0: Uh, yes, it is. Yeah.
1: Okay, great. So, what and, better reason to go down, support the under 23s, beat West Brom again, um, and probably watch Tezgal uh, rip it up?
0: Yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, on Monday night, Nick Powell played 45 minutes, uh, Morgan Fox played, and then there was, you know, Will Forrester, Tom Sparrow, people who've been in and around the first team there. Uh, they were playing as well. So, DiMaggio, Wright Phillips played. So, yeah, so it's, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, a lot Of people to see, and then obviously, you also get the next generation people like your Tesgals, uh, your Hebrim size, people like that who play you, you know, people may not have seen before. So, well worth getting down if you can and uh, yeah, support the lads. Uh, for the under 18s, moving on to them. So, they they had two 1 0 games this week. Uh, firstly, they had a defeat at Nottingham Forest last Saturday, uh, before Nathan Lowe scored the only goal as they beat Everton on Tuesday at home. Um so mixed bag of results for them, but two, yeah, two single goal games, one one gone either way. Um, so yeah. and then obviously the women. Now they had their penultimate game of the season last Sunday. It was against Hull at home, and a club record crowd of 220 saw them win 3-0, and that secured their National League status for another season. So that's the third tier of the women's pyramid that they're in. So it's like the equivalent, like League One in men's football. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's where they are in Tier 3. And they won, like I say they won 3-0, and that scored their status. And now the last game of their season... Is this Sunday kicking off at two o'clock and they're at home to West Brom as well.
1: Okay, lovely. Thank you very much for the roundup, mate. So uh, quite a, a few good news stories there, to be honest. So fingers crossed for for everybody. Okay then. So um, just before we run into the, uh, the Middlesbrough uh, game. So there was just something that we wanted to make everyone aware of who's been listening kind of all season. I mean, you know, Firstly, thank you to, to everyone, as always, who, who's been listening, you know, again, it's it's really appreciated. I mean, there's been over 6000 of you that have listened uh, across various platforms in 33 different countries. Um, so with, with, with all that in mind, thanks to everyone who's been listening and, and obviously contributing as well. Um, and, you know, one thing we want to try and do Um, just as partly as a thank you but partly because you know we want to try and make this part as good as it can be next season. Uh, So we're having a a bit of a mini survey so uh, on the base of the Stoke fans from all around around the world Facebook group and our Twitter page um, shortly after the time that this actually goes live at seven uh, we will pin um, a a, a link to the actual survey. Now um, it literally takes probably 60 seconds To complete, it's really straightforward. Um, And then the final question is basically going to ask you um, the actual, if you like, the final kind of question is going to be around, uh, you know, in 300 words or more, why is Michael the best podcast presenter? Uh, First, no, it's really not. Um, So it's actually uh, the the answer is what I've just said. So, over how many thousands of you have listened uh, throughout this season? So as i mentioned it was over six thousand so just make sure that you drop that into the final one so we can uh, basically find out exactly you know make sure you've been listening to the board and you're not just listening for this to get 30 pounds worth of stoke vouchers so from everyone who uh, basically votes put your details in at the bottom as it asks and then we'll select one person at random uh to, to win the 30 quid worth of stoke vouchers uh, which we will send over to you so um all pretty simple uh, again, no catches. We're not going to contact you afterwards with any any other bits, purely just to enter this. Um, so yeah, thank you to everybody in advance. Again, there's no point us just making changes to a pod. We can do it based on what we think works, what we think don't works, and we you know we are going to make some tweaks. But you know, this is your chance to get involved and help shape the pod how you want to see it. So uh, that pretty much covers that bit off. Uh, So, okay, Middlesbrough. Um, So, the section I love to have, Uh, Andy, head to head, mate, any interesting stats you can give us this week?
2: I have my interesting stats. Obviously, you weren't here last week, so we weren't scored, and I was disappointed because I think I outdid Dan for one week. But uh, Middlesbrough have won four of their last five home league games against Stoke, only drawing one since losing 1 0 in August 1997. Um, Stoke have only scored two goals in their last seven league games against Middlesbrough, where where we've actually won one, drawn two and lost four. And we've failed to score five times in this run of seven. Um, Stoke have won five of their last seven games in the championship, as we know, when we've um, lost two of them, where we kept a clean sheet in four of those five victories. So it's a very good start going on at the moment. Prior to their 1-0 defeat to Hull, Middlesbrough had won their last seven in a row when playing playing on home soil at the weekend in the Championship. They last lost consecutive such games in February 2021, where they lost three in a row. And only Bristol City, with 35, have lost more points from winning positions in the Championship this season than Stoke, (laughs) which have lost 30. And their injury news, um, it's not much. There is only Dale Fry, who's out until early... May time, it says. But if you add that stat of us losing 30 points from winning positions, we would be on 91 points, 4 points above Fulham.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Um, Daniel, can you outdo him? or are you going to admit defeat?
0: Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'm not saying I can beat you there, Andy, but I'll try. So yeah, we've duplicated a couple of my um, stats there as well. Um, obviously, I had the The 1-0 win, obviously, against Middlesbrough in August 1997. Uh, That was five. Stoke have been in the Middlesbrough five times since then, not one. What I will say about that game is, that season, the fortunes of that day were reversed because Stoke ended up being relegated on the final day and Middlesbrough were promoted to the Premier League come May. (laughs) Well, have we seen uh, that
1: before? But the other way around.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before winning 2-0 against Cardiff tonight... Uh, Middlesbrough had lost their last four at home without scoring a goal. I mean, previously won nine in a row at home, conceding just four times in that run. So they went from an absolute belting run of nine consecutive home wins to going four games without four uh, defeats in a row, and not scoring. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, yeah, the nine in a row also included a win over Tottenham in the cup. Uh, Stoke on the other hand are in good form away from home. They've won their last two away games. Uh, but before that, they had themselves went on a nine-game run, but it was a nine-games without a win away from home. Uh, yeah, so uh, we've put the end to that run and gone on a bit of one ourselves so we can make it a hat-trick to, to, on Saturday. Although, Stoke have a bit of trouble getting past the Middlesbrough's defence, and they've only scored twice in 678 minutes of football since Marco arnautovic scored a second in a 2-0 home win in 2017.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, so yeah, this season obviously last last away game for Stoke last home game for Middlesbrough so far this season Stoke have scored 26 and conceded 26 in 22 away games and Middlesbrough have scored 31 and conceded 20 in their 22 home games uh, for, Although the league table has Middlesbrough in 7th and pushing for a playoff spot Stoke are actually 4th over the last 5 games in the championship with 9 points Whilst Middlesbrough's win tonight has seen them climb from 23rd in the league in the form table, uh, where only Barnes were below them, they're now up to 19th with five points. Um, as for goal scorers, you know the, um Jacob Brown has 13 goals this season. Lewis Baker has eight. Uh, Middlesbrough's top scorers have both got eight goals as well. Matt Crooks and Andreas Sporer. So, uh, yeah, Jacob Brown is the by far the most potent man on the field, it seems, on Saturday.
1: You've done pretty well, mate. What about uh, players who play for both teams? Have you got any interesting ones on that front?
0: I've, re- I've struggled to find... Where well, I used the best source of uh, information for this. Uh, didn't have a list of Middlesbrough's players, unfortunately. I don't know why. I'm sure they're a bigger club than some of the ones I've got them on there. <laughs> uh, but ones off the top of my head that I can remember, the Fab Five we'll go for tunchai oh yes i'm sure you, i'm sure you didn't like tunchai <laughs> i'm sure he was he was another bojan for you onto uh
1: no tunchai i really like the guy mate i don't i think he was uh, i, I love P- tp but i think he made a big mistake by uh, not utilizing him to be honest mate but uh the big uh, robert Huth, of course will will be on yes. there. yes
0: robert Hooth is on there uh and jonathan woodgate there's another one yes and then we will see graeme who are Kavanaugh
2: and Paul Connor? While Tony, Tony Pulis obviously managed both sides as well. You're forgetting mm-hmm. one of them who plays for Hanley Town, mate. Ryan Shotten, of course. Good call,
1: Andy. Good call. What about managers? Can you think of a manager who might have managed both teams? Tony
2: Pulis. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I just said that. No, you didn't.
2: <laughs>
1: No, so you didn't. I'm thinking right. of
2: one or two more. You've got like Dean Whitehead, right? Oh, team Whitehead? Dean Whitehead?
1: Dean Whitehead.
2: Yeah, Dean Whitehead
0: came from Sunderland to Stoke then. He ended up in Middlesbrough after that, didn't he? Yep. Yes. I don't
2: normally do this, but I can remember one or two off the top of my head that are towards my time.
1: Jesus, we have all quite right. An
0: affinity, we have quite an affinity with the northeast Clubs, don't we? Especially Sunderland, but we have had a few dealings with Middlesbrough as well. Might not be East, but we have a good dealings with Burnley as well. <sighs> do yes, well? We do. That's on the way. That that's if they stop off on the way up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, um, I'll be honest with you, you've actually both done a really good job. I want to give it to both of you, but I think I like Andy more than I like you. So, um, Andy, you, you win, mate, for this week. Well done.
2: I think that's my first win of the season.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, dear me. But a bit like the next person, uh, Mr. Graham McGarry, who uh, needs to book his ideas up. No, I'm only joking. Uh, so, I think, uh, yeah, no, Graham's been pretty decent. I think we need to look back, and uh, really, Andy and Dan, to see how many he's got right this year. Um, I, I, if somebody wants to go back and do that I'll, I'll let you um, but either way let's listen to what Graham uh, has got to say this week fingers crossed he's going for his, uh, his normal Stoke City win
4: Hi there you Potter's podcast people hello there it's Graham McGarry back again after the international break hope you enjoyed your little breather from your football this is Graham McGarry with that Potter's prediction Let's hope we get it right this weekend. Stoke City 2, Hull City 0. Stoke 1, West Brom 0. Stoke are ready to win at home. 2-0 for the Potters. Hello there, this is Graeme McGarry once again, you Potters predictors, as we're getting ready now to close in this final run-in of this current season. Of course, Stoke City still with an outside chance of being a top-ten side by the end of the final games of the season. Well, they're heading to the Riverside Stadium, of course, to take on a Middlesbrough side. They've still got hopes of reaching the playoffs. So it's going to be an interesting game for Michael O'Neill's side. I'm pretty sure he'll be back on the touchline up at the Riverside Stadium to watch his Stoke City team take on Middlesbrough. Can they get a, a good away result? Well... They've been in a little bit inconsistent of late, but I think they could just be hitting a bit of form now as they come to the end of the season. I'm going to go for a Stoke away win, type one. Middlesbrough a nil. Stoke one.
1: Okay. Um. So yeah, Graham gone for a a one nil Stoke win. Uh, he loses one nil and two ones if I remember rightly. Uh, Dan. So, um. Yeah, thank you Graham as always for that one. Uh, I'd I'd probably be tempted to agree with you there to be honest Graham. It's uh, I don't think we're going to lose like I said. I've I've watched Borough play tonight. The goalkeeper should have saved one of them, the second one's a deflection. They couldn't string more than five or six passes together. I've got absolutely no qualms about the fact we're not going to lose to Middlesbrough um at the weekend. So, I'm going to go 1-0 um kind of comfortable away win, actually. Um, yeah, Andy, what's your predictions for the weekend, mate?
2: I'm not going to comfortable win because last time we played away, it was a 1-0 to us against Blackburn. And obviously we scored in the fourth minute and we had a bit of work to do, but Blackburn weren't the best. And what we've seen in Middlesbrough, they haven't been the team that, you know, every promotion team seems to be. But I'm going for a traditional of my guesses, I want that's another what people can do. Count how many two ones I've come for, but I'm going for two one again this week.
1: Okay, lovely. Uh, Dan, what's your prediction?
2: I am going for a solitary one nil
0: victory.
1: Oh, lovely! So uh, all three of us going for a one nil there. But we Andy found who's... out it was
2: copied, McGarry, not me this week.
1: Yep, someone's been listening to the audio before we're, before this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
5: um,
1: yeah, anyway, uh, in terms of team selections, now I'm not going to ask you to run through your entire teams. Um, let's just go, is, is are there any particular youth players that you want to bring into the team this week, Dan?
0: Yeah, actually,
1: uh, I'm sort
0: of going backwards a bit on uh, the uh, youthful involvement this week. I think it's obviously they're they're going for the playoffs. Oh, they, I think it is going to be a tough tough game. I think, obviously, we've already got Bersick in there. Howard uh, Bell is young. Obviously, Wilmot was in the side. time and still young. Uh, Magian Brown, you know, the early 20s up front. I would actually say I'm just going to make the one change this week. I'm going okay. to bring Forrester back into the centre and defence. I'm going to move Wilmot to right wing back. Okay. And, uh, yeah, for Smith. Uh, That'd be the only. I would try and put a few youngsters on the bench though. For me, I'd I'd like to see a few of them. I'd like to see Sparrow, Wright, Phillips, and possibly even Teskel. You know, on the bench. I think a lot of it though, as well, depends on Friday night. Friday night could be obviously if they get a good result. Friday night, it gives them some good experience of playoff games and possibly big games and pressure, if you like. Especially with the first team season, will be over when them games are being played. Yeah, there'll be more focus on them. So the crowd, yeah, you know, the, the the fans, because there's no first team games till you know for three months, may actually see you know quite a, a decent crowd getting down for them kind of games. So it might be important that we see the younger players actually, yeah, you know, put a strong side out on Friday night. Yeah,
1: yep, yeah, absolutely fair point. Um, Andy, any other changes you'd be looking to make?
2: No, not really any major changes. It's the same as Dan, but I want to see Howard Bellis out wide and Wilmot staying in that centre-back position.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. All right, fine. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, i will probably stick with Dan, to be honest with you. I'm not going to bring any, any, anyone in majorly. I think let's just try and win both of these games now um, and, and really just just set us up for next season, hopefully. Um, okay, cool. So, just before um, we kind of move on to um, the the brilliant quiz that we all love, and you know, again, I don't know who it will be this week. Probably something as random as as we said before, Barry Hino's dog, or sister, <laughs> or something like that. Um, so let's go for some audio which again we've spoiled you this week we've actually got two bits of audio so we've got some audio from the the Borough Breakdown podcast and we've also got Johnny from the 12th Man uh, Borough podcast as well so let's have a quick listen uh, to which uh, basically what both of them had to say
5: Hello guys, Johnnie here from the Borough Breakdown Podcast here to give you a preview of Middlesbrough this season. And I'm recording this uh, on the day that Middlesbrough are set to play Cardiff City at the Riverside Stadium. And it's a huge game for Borough. to must-win if we are to hit the playoff places this season. And let's talk about Borough so far. Um, it's a season of two halves. You know, the first part of the season under Neil Warnock, really underwhelming. It clearly wasn't getting the best out of the squad. The squad felt like it outgrown him. We need a manager to come in and help galvanise this team and the fan base and reconnect everyone together. And he's very much done that. You know, there's no doubt about it. When you look at the, the win against Manchester United, the win against Spurs, uh, the nine home wins in a row, the real move up the table and really fighting for a, a playoff spot this season, is something that we didn't really expect. But under Chris Wilder, we've been able to, to get into that position and we've been performing really well too. In terms of our current form, after the after the international break, it has stuttered. Three defeats out of four, uh, three defeats out of five. You know, losing to Fulham, Hull, and Huddersfield. Really, really big uh, defeats for us, and that's seen us move from from fifth place in the Championship all the way down to ninth. And we have to win against Cardiff this, uh, this evening to hopefully uh, reignite the flame and hopefully get into the playoff position. In terms of the, the game itself for us and who you could should potentially look out for, uh, Matt Crooks is going to be returning uh, after a, a three-game ban after him picking up 15 bookings so far uh, this season. But there is place to look out for and Isaiah Jones on the right-hand side. Anthony Dykesteel who sits in that right centre right centre half, is really, really good. Uh, Max Tavernier will help drive the team forward. And then up front, it's very much a tussle because Chris Wilder tends to rotate this every single game. Um, Duncan Watmore is probably your, your standout centre-forward, but and uh, for and Balogun, is is a really good talent from Arsenal, and I think you should really look out for him. He's going to be a superstar in in the future. But in terms of of the game, I think we could potentially get something against Stoke, but it could be a nothing game when Saturday comes around. But in terms of Stoke this season, I think you've been. Really unlucky at times. I think you've had a number of injuries. You started off really well and then fell like a stone. And I thought Michael O'Neill was going to get sacked a couple of weeks ago. But in terms of your form, as of late, you know, you have become one of the form teams uh, in the division. I think Lewis Baker has been a very, very good signing for you. And I'm glad that he's finally found a home um, to really show his skills and his ability because he's always had it in him. We've seen that at Millersbury a a long, long time ago now. But he's a a player that I think that he'll continue to flourish uh, at Stoke. In terms of the game then... I think we could probably edge it. If we have to, if something's on it and we get a result against Cardiff tonight, we have to win. There's no doubt about it. And we'll, we'll throw everything at it to try and get a result. And I think that's why we'll win. I think we'll probably win uh, one goal to nil. And um, who knows? I'll take anyone to score at this moment. But guys, thank you very much for having me on. All the best for the rest of the season. Hopefully, and hopefully, we'll meet again next season. Take care. Bye bye.
3: Hello. This is John Donovan, uh, Middlesbrough fan from the 12th Man Podcast. Um, Just my thoughts on the game on Saturday, Middlesbrough versus Stoke. The relevance of it um, will be probably decided by um, Middlesbrough's game against Cardiff on Wednesday um, and Sheffield United versus QPR on Friday. Uh, If we can win on Wednesday and hope that Sheffield United uh, drop points uh, on Friday night, it means that we've still got something going into the uh, into the game with Stoke, um, so that you know that I don't want it to be a dead rubber. Uh, I hope that uh, that we've still got something on the game. Um, I, it will be a tough game. I mean, Stoke recently have um, have had some good performances, some good results against um, Blackburn, West Brom, um, Sheffield United, QPR so you know that it's going to be it's going to be a tough game for us um previously we were we were superb at the riverside uh, i think we won 8 to 9 on the bounce dispatched tottenham in the cup um but the last two home games have been really disappointing um hull came um they had something to play for because they needed points to to keep them away from the bottom of the league and they they stopped our threat uh Nicked a goal and we lost that one nil. Hugely frustrating. Um, something similar with with Huddersfield. You know, Huddersfield came wanting points to cement their place in the in the playoff places. Again, they didn't do a great deal during the game other than sort of try and nullify us. But they um, they, they ended up two nil up, uh, and that sort of it it, it didn't kill our playoff hopes but it severely dented them so for for the Stoke game I'm hoping that we've got the right result against um against Cardiff and there's still something resting on the game um our season has a little been a little bit up and down uh, Chris Wilder came in in November uh taking over from Neil Warnock and we saw a, a much improved level of performance um Pressing, um, ball retention, patience, uh, and the, the crowd loved it. Um, the, the crowd are really, really behind him. Um, but like I say, the last two home games, um, we've struggled. Um, so I think we need to get back on track. Uh, and for Saturday's game against Stoke, I'm hoping that we can... Uh, we can feed off the energy of our supporters and uh, record a 2-0 victory. Uh, Fingers crossed. I mean, I I respect Stoke. I respect the club and the fans, uh, good fan base. Um, But I just think, you know, we have got something that we need out of this game Um, and our fans will be well up for it. So I'm hoping that we can record the victory. So other than Saturday... Best of luck to all Stork fans. Thanks very much. Bye.
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah, thank you very much, chaps. Much appreciated. Um, always good to get some insight. It'd be interesting to see what you think, actually, um, obviously having played tonight before uh, you sent us that audio. So uh, yeah, much, uh, much appreciated as always. Um, and that pretty much does it for the build up to um, obviously the, the weekend game. So Dan, Enlighten us mate, what are you screwing us over with on a quiz front this week? <laughs> so
0: your quiz this week is is inspired by the truly awful form we have away at Middlesbrough. Okay. <laughs> so what I've done is I've I've gone back and since we've been relegated, looked at all the away games and made listed like all the points we've won, how many points we've won at each against each opponent. And right there are ten sides who we've won five or more points away from home against in Jesus the what Christ. four
1: years since we were relegated? <laughs> so it's gonna oh test the memory. Uh,
2: Dan, how do you come <laughs> up with these?
1: Oh well, Jesus Christ. Okay,
2: right. You could have
0: you could have the, the ones that we haven't won any points against if you want. <laughs>
2: I'm all right, thanks. That's probably more difficult.
0: Yeah, he so said, Looking at that list, <laughs> all you have got to do is think. I think who have we beaten away from? Where have we got good records away from home?
2: If you think of where we've at least won once.
0: Yeah, so you look at five points or more. So if you know, if you can remember, we've had two wins against someone away from home in the last four
2: years. You know they're on that list. Even a win in two draws is five points. Yeah, exactly. Okay. God.
1: Okay, right. So I'm, I am going to get a table up here. It's because it's not going to give me the answers. It's just going to remind me of some of the team names. Is that is that allowed?
2: That's allowed, I suppose. All right. Really. Because,
1: okay. Right. I'm doing right. the
2: same then. I do not want to. I don't. Think, it's not like cheating because it.
1: not, it's not going to tell me anything. No. It's just going to give me team names. Um. So, Forest. Forest comes Forest, up. Yeah, gotta be.
0: Nottingham Forest, six points. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um. Millwall.
0: Millwall, you go with
1: Millwall? How many wrong answers do you think you could have?
2: Quite a lot. <laughs>
1: um, I'd say no more than five, mate. That's just, Yeah. Right. Millwall, two points. Oh, so
0: they're Millwall. not
1: on the list. Okay.
2: okay. Um,
1: um, West Brom.
2: West Brom's got to be on the list.
0: West
1: Brom, Surely. yes.
0: We, we've had successive back-to-back wins at West Brom, haven't we? Tyrese Campbell gives us a 1-0 win. And yeah. then... Uh, Obviously, we won three one the other week.
1: How about Blackpool? Because we 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 beat them away. What?
0: Oh. Were they what, in? How long?
1: Mm, yeah. See, they... that's the
0: other thing. You've got to think the these how
2: teams. What, they were team not. The they hadn't been. Mm. Huddersfield. Because <laughs> obviously, we had that. Was it four one win against them or four two? We had the draw this season.
1: Mm. Go on, order, go Huddersfield, then, mate. I mean, again. I...
2: Yeah. It could be It could be a good shout
0: Now Huddersfield Was still in the Premier League when we got relegated yeah. They came down the year after So we've only played them three times We did beat them didn't we Like you say in, um, or Was it New Year's Day Not Mark I took over And we have yeah. got a point against them this year But what was the other results God it was a draw. We have we have got five points, so they sneak into the list. Oh, so how many is that we've got? You've got three. Three and, out of ten. Yeah.
2: You've got we okay. have lost one life.
1: Lost one life. So oh, oh,
2: three strikes and we're out. Um
1: try and think against Birmingham. Have we put, I can I can strike
2: Brent.
1: Did we beat Birmingham away?
2: We drew to them earlier in the season, so that's four points. Because
1: um, we 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 beat them two two nil away last season.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it's only, it's only away that. games, isn't it? Um, God, this is
1: really tricky. This is Dan.
2: This is. I'm, to Black, I'm going to say Blackburn, mate. Blackburn, surely. Oh, what about Luton?
0: So, which one which are you saying first?
2: Shall you're
1: both? Go, go Blackburn <laughs> first, Luton after.
0: Blackburn are top of the pile, eight points, two wins and two Wow, scores. Nice. Luton's
1: luton going to be on
0: there, we've beaten. Luton are second, seven points. <laughs> wow. <Yes. laughs>
2: so, that takes up to five. I know Brentford is not going to be on this list, considering the form we have when we're away against them, so we can write them off straight away. Um... I'm thinking... Swansea. Oh, but
1: oh, actually, yeah, because we Barn... Barnsley have got to be on there as well, haven't they?
2: Yeah, because we beat them four two, didn't we? We have yes. drawn against them. There's got to be, there's got to be another draw in there somewhere. Yeah, it's so Barnes- Barnsley.
1: Yeah,
0: for
2: Barnsley.
0: Barnsley are the only team we have won four points against.
2: You're joking. That, that's two lines. Jeez. So I said Swansea. Swansea? Yep.
0: Two wins against Swansea.
2: Not bad. So that's us obviously up to six. Now. Sam
0: Clucas inspired wins. <laughs> and there was also, also, not counting for this, but Swansea obviously was the uh, the last win we had in the Premier League on the final day of the season when we were both relegated.
2: Was it Badu Wendi I chipping him or something like that?
0: Yes. Lassa Sorensen, man of the match. <laughs>
2: God.
0: Um, so you've got six now, and you've lost two lives.
1: Uh, um, have we said Reading? You
2: haven't said we, Reading.
1: We beat Reading last season.
2: Yeah, but it's about whether we've done it against them.
1: We've done it away. We beat. We beat. We beat them last season away. But I try and think.
2: What about season before that? Um. I don't know. What was the season we came down? 2018, 19, 20, 17, 18. We came down. So 18, 19 would have been the first season. Yeah. I remember I think... we've drawn against them. No, we lost against them this season.
1: Sorry, submitting. Reading
2: submitted. Reading. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or five points we've got against Reading. They're on the list. Yeah. So
2: okay. Pre- a set I, I want to. I want to say as well. You know, with the win against QPR away this season, could they potentially be on the list as well?
1: QPR away. Haven't we got a pretty crap record against them other
2: than that? Yeah, but I feel like even though we didn't win against them, we would have drawn against them quite a lot away. That's just the type of team we are.
1: Okay. Go on then. Yeah, go with with that.
2: Yeah, we'll go with QPR.
0: QPR, five points at QPR. (sighs) Obviously helped by the fact that they are eternal championship team. (laughs) Yeah. So there's two right. left. One team we've got seven points from and one ground we've been to and come back with five points from. Oh. Would you like the five... We've played 35 teams. There are five of them we have no points from. Would you like to know those five teams? Go on then. Fulham. Obvious. Middlesbrough.
2: <laughs> no, well. really. Watford. Charlton. And Leeds. Yeah, go with Preston then. Preston could
1: be a good shot. Go, Preston.
2: Preston, we
0: have five points from Preston.
2: Yes. So this one's with seven, then. Yeah, just have one left.
1: What about what about Wigan? I know they've got been in League One, but how long have they been in League One for? Actually, I've got a feeling it's oh, going to no. be too long in it. Yeah, must be at least two seasons that they've been it down
2: won't, there. It Definitely won't be Derby. Uh, Millwall, oh, no. Yes. We've had Preston. Hole? Or were they in League 1 for too long?
1: Yeah, because they came up, didn't they? Yeah. They um...
2: came up, went down, came up, didn't they? Oh. Man, this is hard. The last one. It's the last one. Because there's teams there like Sheffield Wednesday, but they were probably not there for long enough. No. What well, I'll do. There's 10 teams where we've got one point from. I'm
0: going to give you them now.
2: Some more <laughs> I don't know if
0: this helps.
1: This is just confusing
0: No, because we're
2: probably going to say one of the teams that are on this list.
0: So, teams we've got one point from. Birmingham, Sheffield United, Coventry, Peterborough, Cardiff, Brentford, Wigan,
2: Aston Villa, Bolton and Ipswich. You've just named every other team there is. Have we oh, mentioned no.
1: Bristol
2: City? I don't feel like we're too good get against... Well, we beat... Yes, because we beat them on... Was it Good Friday last year? We haven't got a bad we...
1: record against Bristol, have we?
2: I know I'm we lost a way through them this season, but... Mm.
1: Go, go with Bristol, go mate. With else Bristol we're going to be here all night. Yeah, go, go
2: Bristol.
0: Bristol City? Yeah. Seven points against Bristol City. Woo! Yeah. Is that our first 100% of the season? Well, yeah, I, think, yeah, I think you've won a couple. I mean, you've won a few.
2: But yes, yeah. that's,
0: that's a that's good an A-star, solid star. Ten. Right. i I'm going to do the same for home points Where the last home game in the oh, season you. next week.
2: Oh, no.
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. I think we'll be okay with home, mate, because there's hardly any of them. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. Right, so, yes, we're best to call it a day. So... Believe it or not, guys, next week is our last proper like preview type style podcast, because that is going to be the last one of the season. Other than, as I said, the end of season uh, wrap up one. So, yeah, what a bloody season it's been. But um, I think we'll leave it there for tonight. So, Dan, thank you for the quiz, mate. As much as the stick we give you, we actually probably, it's one of them, we, we, we do secretly like it. So. Um, keep it keep it coming mate um so thank you chaps much appreciated um and i will speak to you all um, on the other away days are great but there's nothing
0: quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply See McDonald's.com.